delve into plant stories. The modern, the old, and the crazy in between. Myth or fact? Oleander is a highly poisonous plant grown commonly in gardens around the whole world. This one's a fact. Can you believe it? That brings us into today's episode, Oleander. Yes, it's true. Oleander is a poisonous evergreen shrub, and it's part of the dogbane or Apocynaceae, which is apparently the ancient Greek for dog away family. So basically the same word, just a little bit different. <laughs> uh, it contains a poisonous milky juice that has oleandrin in it, which is a cardiac glycoside that brings on symptoms of nausea, vomiting, severe weakness, irregular pulse, and decreased heart rate. Uh, the most common form of this plant is nerium oleander, which can also be called rose bay or rose laurel, the still tree. And there is a similar kind of partner plant that we'll talk about today that's called yellow oleander, which is uh, more grown in the Middle East and very popular in places like Sri Lanka. The plant originated in the Mediterranean, but is known for being cultivated all over the world. It was uh, commonly grown in Greek gardens, and they're popular because they grow really quick as shrubs and are very drought tolerant, which is why people love to have them in their gardens at home. The plant has even become popular in parts of the U.S., especially in Galveston, Texas, where the International Oleander Society is, and where the city is known to be uh, the Oleander City. That seems so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Although the flowers are very pretty. It's true. It makes sense that it's in gardens. It's a pretty ornamental plant. Mm. It's just also um, one you don't want to touch or have your animals or pets touch. Dog away. (laughs) Or anyone else, really. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it it is related to some other plants that we consider to be very aesthetically pleasing as well, like plumeria um, or periwinkle. Um, And the flowers that Oleander has range from red to pink and whites and yellow sometimes as well. They, the plant itself has a very superficial resemblance to the olive plant. So some people think that the name oleander comes from that. Uh, but like you said, plant's very poisonous. It mm-hmm. is known to cause skin irritation upon contact. Burning the wood is known to also cause toxic effects. And it is common for accidental poisoning to occur when the plant comes in contact with food or is used in folk medicines. Yeah, I saw a common folklore story about how, like, a family or, like, a troop of scouts would collect sticks and roast their hot dogs over the fire, but it would be oleander sticks and they would all become poisoned. 
yeah, it's it's both a popular, like, I guess, legend, because it's not really a myth, and, like, been proven in more recent times that um, contact with, like, eating, because you're basically still eating the poison. The poison is on the plant. If you put it in direct contact with your food and eat off of that, you know, you're likely to see some of those effects. And we know that very small amounts can be fatal. Only about 0.005% of any animal's body weight can kill you. And we know even like a single leaf, you know, accidentally chewed by a small child has been known to kill them. So where do we first start seeing like written accounts of this plant? Uh, it was a plant that was known definitely to the Greeks and the Romans. It is described most in death by Pliny the Elder and Dioscorides, who we know well at this point through this podcast. Um, and this time, I actually found a direct quote from the Materia Medica. So um, it says... Nerion, which some call rhodophe or rhododendron, grows in a, enclosed greens and sea-bordering places and in places near rivers. But ye flower and the leaves have a power destructive of dogs and asses and mules and most four-footed living creatures. But a persevering one of men being drank with wine against the bitings of venomous beasts and ye more if you mixed it with rue. But a weak sort of living creature as goats and sheep die if they drink ye marsation of them. So that's actually like a quote from the Materia Medica. And it was thought that even though it was dangerous and poisonous for a long time, it could be a anti-venom for snake bites, which has since proven to be grossly inaccurate. (laughs) But it does kill animals. That's accurate. And it seems to be like commonly linked to the name Rhododendron. Yeah, it was during this time that um, there were a couple different names that the Greeks gave to these plants. And this plant had some similar qualities to uh, Rhododendron that we know today. But now this is actually in a different family or classified in a different family of things. Um And more poisonous, I would say, than your average rhododendron, for sure. Uh, But it's always been kind of known as a poisonous plant. Uh, The seeds and leaves have been used in medicines to treat a huge range of things, including heart conditions, asthma, epilepsy, cancer, painful periods... Malaria, ringworm, indigestion, venereal disease. At one point it was used to try and cause abortions. Um, Sometimes it's been applied to the skin to treat skin issues and warts. But there, from what I saw, is not sufficient evidence really at all to support these claims. Like there is insufficient evidence to say that any of these work as a a remedy using this plant. Um, 
even so, it does seem to exist kind of as a folk medicine cure in certain circles. Uh, and pounded leaves and bark in some places are still used as insecticides. The plant is sometimes used as like a rat or animal poison to get rid of pests. And that's kind of seems to be it's more popular common use in, in today's times. Yeah, so unfortunately for this plant, it's got like a lot of uh, negative connotations to it. Um, kind of in Sri Lanka, it's like known as the suicide plant. As far as Sri Lanka goes, definitely in the 90s into the 2000s, there was a lot of unrest. Um, within the country and you know in its relations with his neighbors and that could possibly have some effect on this but there became an outbreak of self-inflicted yellow oleander seed poisonings which oftentimes was an attempt to commit suicide or even just appear like you were going to commit suicide in 1991, Sri Lanka actually had the highest suicide rate in the world, and a lot of them were contributed to yellow oleander poisonings, although it's also true that it could be more because there is a stigma against suicide there. There's also, you know, deaths that end up going unreported, um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff, but as far as what was reported um, at that time, it did have the highest suicide rate in the world. They did a study in a northern Sri Lankan hospital of about 415 cases, and 61% were women, and 46% were under the age of 21. And that's um, over 400 cases of specifically taking yellow oleander seeds. Yes, yep, but wow. that was specifically just oleander seeds. And you have to know, too, that these were... Uh, this was astounding because this was a regularly, like, small facility. You know, Sri Lanka is not known for their extensive health care. Um, but even so, the case fatality rate was 10%. Um, and it's strange too, because kind of a study of the reasoning behind these poisons all seemed like very trivial. This was like, you know, my parents yelled at me and told me they were disappointed in me. So I went outside and I ate a handful of poisonous seeds. One in 10 chance you don't wake up. Yeah, it's, you know, some of them had said at least in this particular study that they didn't necessarily intend on dying but they did know that what they were doing was potentially dangerous and could result in death 
and um, some did. Actually, more of the people who had cases that were fatal were the elderly. Um, so if your child refused to marry someone that you accepted or everyone was gone and you were forced to, you know, like live by yourself and you were struggling or something like that, oftentimes um, these elderly people would take the poison and would die because they would take a lot of it with the intention of dying. Um, this is one of the plants, you know, a lot of them we've talked about where the symptoms show up in, you know, very quickly, within 30 minutes, within 15 minutes. Uh, with this plant, the symptoms don't necessarily show up right away. Um, it can take up to 24 hours for you to feel the poisoning. And, and by that time, it is already absorbed into your bloodstream, although it can still often be caught with um, drugs to kind of control your heartbeat and things like that. And it is all also interesting to note that this problem is kind of localized to northern Sri Lanka and certain parts of India. Um, the plant, this specific variety of the plant that we're talking about, is available in some other um, Asian countries like Thailand and Taiwan and um you know, other parts of India, other parts of Sri Lanka, but this problem was very localized to that spot and it lasted, um, you know, well into the 2000s and even into up to, I think, about 2015. Do you know what changed? Did they just start getting rid of all the plants? Um, it appears that part of it is that uh, politically... And culturally, things started to, like, settle down in the area, but they did not get rid of the plant. Mm -hmm. um, they think that it might also be, like, access to education, access to uh, more wealth, because it was a country that had a lot of poverty. So it's interesting to see how a plant like this uh, can have such a big effect on a culture. Like, this was commonly known and and people talked about it and in talking about it in that way it actually became like the basically the most popular way to kill yourself um which is a strange kind of con you know concept it was like culturally this plant was the one that you would go to you wouldn't even consider another poison and they also were a society that did use it to poison you know or to use as an insecticide or a poison for you know small animals or whatever pests um, so it's, it's a definitely uh, an interesting thing to mention when it comes to this plant yeah it's an interesting connection to the human history yeah oleander is um, it does go back farther than <laughs> that issue. Um, it was considered kind of the feminine face or half of God in uh, pagan and early Christian religion. And in some of those texts is known as the desert rose. The rose being one of the most powerful healing symbols during these early times. So it definitely has its own kind of place in that lore. 
Um, but you know, it was recognized as a double-edged sword. So while it can be used to represent death or misfortune, because obviously is known for being poisonous, uh, its beautiful blossoms are also thought to reference strength and protection. So in the same way that those things can, you know, poison you, they can also protect you from the unknowing people who don't know about its properties. What did the Greeks have to say? In Greek myths, Oleander is associated with charm and romance. The origin of the name was said to have come from a young man whose ardor to his lady love ended in tragedy. The young man was named Leander, and out of sheer determination to see his love, you know, he would swim this river every night. But one night, while he was trying to reach a blossom of a plant, he drowned. So, oh. their tryst ended. And in the morning, she was so forlorn that she cried, Oh, Leander, oh, Leander, in the banks <laughs> until, you know, she found him clasping this flower in his hand and then she planted it. And now it's a symbol of their everlasting love. Oh, so, Leander. I don't know so much about that one. Maybe it could be also it's a good story the origin of this name i did see it in quite a few places but it also seems kind of like oh your everlasting love is actually deadly poisonous i guess he did die i don't know Mm -hmm. freaks are weird it's about the drama you know (laughs) (laughs) um Oleanders in Victorian flower language represent caution. Makes sense. They're pretty. Mm-hmm. Also deadly. We talked about that already. <laughs> um, it also shows up in a lot of art, which I thought was interesting. Um, there's Marked a famous who? Van Gogh painting called Oleanders, and it depicts a version of kind of cut flowers in you know a vase on a table. But it's said that Van Gogh felt the flowers bloomed inexhaustibly and were always putting out new strong shoots and considered them a joyous and life-affirming flower. And that's why he decided to paint them. Hmm. Um, Sounds like he had a strong relationship with Oleander. Yeah, I thought it was like a cool thing. Um, I don't know if I would want to pick Oleander and put it in my kitchen, but, (laughs) you know, Van Gogh seemed like a weird guy. So, there's that. Um, One of Gustav Klimt's earliest works was Two Girls with Oleander, and it's known for his incredible attention to detail, especially in the depiction of the two girls, but also the kind of pinks and fuchsia that he used to represent the Oleander really stand out against this kind of like brown, dark, metallic background, which eventually becomes kind of part of his signature um, style in his later paintings. And so it is one of his earliest works. It doesn't look like what you kind of think a stereotypical Klimt painting would look like, but it shows some of those things, you know, before they became what he was most well known for which is really interesting. It's a very pretty painting if you get the chance to take a look at it. 
Um, there are a few other paintings that depict oleanders in Roman times. And they are like, we talked about how they are represented in Roman gardens then. So they're popular in, you know, paintings that depict Roman scenes. So there's one such as uh, the rehearsal of the flute player and the wife of Diomedes in the atrium of Napoleon's Pompeian house in Paris which is the longest name for a painting I think I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard. It's a very long and descriptive title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that one's by Gustave Boulanger. And Fulvia with the head of Cicero is another popular one by Pavel Svedomsky. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I think so. <laughs> it's got good rhythm. Uh, yeah. But even more recently as well, uh, one of the more popular references to Oleander is the book and subsequent film White Oleander. Um, the book is originally by Janet Finch, and it's about a young Southern California girl who grows up in foster care after her mother is imprisoned for poisoning an ex-boyfriend with the plant. Oh, nice. So, you know, that, yeah, that would kill him, I guess. Possibly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he dies in the book or if he just gets poisoned. I haven't read it. I won't be. I won't lie to you. <laughs> um, and there was a real woman who did it too. So, Inspired by or after? Um, it's technically a year after the book came out. Uh, I did read an article about her conviction. So basically this woman uh, named Angelica or Angelina Rodriguez tried to poison her husband using oleander tea. So someone told her a story about someone poisoning their boyfriend with oleander. Who knows if she was just recounting this tale or she was saying something she believed to be a real tale. But uh, one of her neighbors had oleander bushes. So she was taking leaves from her neighbor's yard and making tea with it and trying to give it to this guy who was her fourth husband by the way wow and uh ultimately she failed to finish the job that way he got sick and ended up in the hospital so uh she gave him antifreeze laced gatorade basically and that did it oh gosh when in doubt there's antifreeze <laughs> Well, apparently, uh, the same friend gave her this advice. So. <laughs> How come that person didn't get in trouble? Yeah, I don't know why at that point you would believe her anyway, but. Um, and then, you know, one of the really cool things was that the Miriam Oleander specifically is the official flower of Hiroshima. Uh, and it was the first plant to be in bloom following the atomic bombing. So that's interesting. And I think probably really, you know, really special and really telling of the resiliency of this plant. Mm -hmm. And it's like combination of beauty and caution. Yeah, definitely. It's, 
very interesting you know i'm we talked about again how the plant is used in gardening and things like that but part of the reason it is is because it's just a very stable plant it grows in a lot of um, different types of environments it's thought that it originated in the middle east but it's pretty much anywhere that it will tolerate you know the growth it's very drought tolerant um, some people plant it in places where there's a lot of erosion in order to, you know, keep soil from going away because it's got kind of like a thick root system. And it is a really pretty ornamental plant. You just have to keep it away from babies and dogs and um, possibly murderous wives. Mm-hmm. mini tip um so my mini tip is i would say that this is one of the few things if you really wanted to grow it in your garden i think i think you could um you know you do like we talked about the other things you know you want to take proper precautions again touching it can you know have you get symptoms so wear gloves if you feel sick walk away but this is a really easy plant to grow and as long as it's it's very obvious which plant is this plant it's got nice bright beautiful flowers um so make sure that you keep it away from children or pets especially if you have a dog that eats plants outside i would seriously caution away from this but if you wanted to have this in your garden krista you could i would allow it (laughs) this can be in my poisonous plant garden (laughs) um and also this is a plant if you were going to plant it you should plant it um in like the early springtime and then you know you'll see it blooming in the summer Good advice. That's my tip. I'm not going to try to keep you away from all the poisonous plants, guys. I know how it is. <laughs> so what are, what dangerous plant are we going to talk about in our next episode? So for our next episode, we're going to talk about the castor bee, which is a commonly used uh, medicinal plant, but is also pretty deadly. And we'll probably also mention some of its poisonous cousins and friends as well (laughs) thank you for joining us on our latest episode of plant stories dangerous plants this is our episode on oleander we look forward to you joining us next week bye bye